0: and we are back comic book fans it is so exciting to be here with you happy february to us all and thank you for joining me here today i am your host jordan clays and i'm beyond excited to be bringing you another lousy with comic conversation and today is a very special day fans and friends because i have the privilege to be speaking with author katana collins and katana how are you doing today
1: Hey, I'm good. How are you?
0: I am doing just fine. It's so, so exciting and great to be speaking with you. Yeah, same. Thank you so much. Now, for those who may not be familiar with Katana's work, she is one of the leading names in the field of contemporary romance and erotic fiction. She has 15 different novels published to her name, including titles such as Soul Stripper and most recently Beefcakes, which was published in March of 2020. So the birthday is coming up on that very shortly. And as if all of that was not enough, she just so happens to be the author of the brand new smash hit series, White Knight Presents. Harley Quinn, and that's what we are here to discuss today.
1: Thank you for that intro, my goodness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I guess the obvious question, to kind of kick things into gear here, where did the idea come from for Harley to have her own uh, chapter in, in the White Knight saga? Um,
1: I would say it it came from Sean. Um when they sort of presented him with this idea of um, expanding his universe and telling other stories within that world he created, um, Harley felt like the most natural step one, I think. Um, And she is my favorite character, one of my favorite characters. So he had kind of offered me the option first, you know, we had to to run it by DC and make sure that they were on board with that. But he felt like it was a really natural fit for me to kind of take the the reins on that story and run with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And again, you've you've already mentioned that, and I suppose we should just get it out of the way for anyone who you know may be living under a rock and doesn't know. Of course, you're speaking about your husband, who is Sean Gordon Murphy, yes, author, artist, extraordinaire. You know. On the Mount Rushmore of the comic book Batman you know, creators, if there yep. ever was one.
1: Husband who leaves his socks on the floor. <laughs> My
0: goodness. We're getting I mean, the, come on. We are getting the inside <laughs> scoop here, to say the very least. <laughs> now, you know, and you, you kind of touched on what um, what I was actually going to ask you next, because we've already kind of established you yourself are no um, newcomer when it comes to, you know, writing and, and publishing books. But... It had to be, I would think, somewhat daunting having your first breakthrough into the comic book world be with such a notable character and a character that is beloved by so many people. Like, did you, was that nerve wracking? Was that exciting leading up to the release, a combination of both or...
1: Yes, definitely all of the above. I mean, kind of one of the beautiful things about starting with Harley is that we already have so many iterations and there's so many, I guess you would call them Elseworld stories that are outside of canon. Um, So it felt like a really natural thing um, to start there and and not necessarily as daunting as maybe, uh, you know, some of the the lesser known characters who don't have as many, um, iterations of their tale. Um, but I mean, it's still for my first foray into, you know, mainstream comics, especially beginning with such a beloved character, um, is always scary. Cause yeah, you, you don't want to do it a disservice. You don't want to, um, upset readers or fans. And especially when people feel so strongly, uh, one way or another about a character. Um, but so far, I think, I think we've, we've managed. Okay. Like I, I really love the story. I really love the kind of Elseworld feel to it that we have with her. Um, And I'm also the fan who I will read every version of Harley that I can get my hands on. So um, it's kind of it's written for that audience that that person who just wants to digest all the Harley that they can.
0: Yeah. And I I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, the story is absolutely fantastic. And. I think that another interesting point that you made is you're right. There there are so many different iterations and there's so much content um, and kind of backstory to her character. And, you know, there, whether it be Elseworlds tales or continuity, there's a lot there. And I would think that it would be difficult, given that there is so much, to put your own unique spin on it. Yet somehow when I read your version of Harley, she's this... I think that the the, the the difficulty with Harley that some people get into is if you're not care, careful, she can become a caricature of herself. She's very animated, the big mallet, the jokes, the kind of accent, and it can become a little bit diminutive or kind of just ah, like, like, like I said, just like a caricature. And I think that what's really neat is there's none of that. When I read your writing, when I hear her voice, she is almost like this neo-noir detective and it's completely new and totally refreshing. I think.
1: Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that.
0: Oh, you're very welcome. Um, another thing that I wanted to ask just because I know that I, I had read that. I think it was, um, you yourself had said that your kind of journey or your discovery with um, with the written word or your your love of, of writing kind of came from when you were a young girl and you would be kind of stealing your mother's Harlequins to read kind of undercover of night. And, you know, on your webpage, like the landing kind of like your mission statement is kind of like badass heroes for sassy readers. And I kind of wonder, do you feel like Harley Quinn to me seems like the ultimate epitome of, of that statement right there. And do you feel that you've kind of come full circle in a way?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, it's, it's very funny when I was reading Harlequin novels as a, you know, I was probably way too young to be reading them (laughs) under the covers with a flashlight, but I, I never in my wildest dreams thought that it would come full circle to where like I was writing Harley Quinn. Um, but you know, my brother has always been into comics. So they were in my life at a very young age, even if I wasn't necessarily reading them, they were around, um, and they were, Influenced, but not by my reading them when I was that young. They were influenced by, um, or influencing me by just my my brother's ingestion of comics. Um, and sorry, my dog is staring. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, yeah, I it I wonder how I don't. My mom doesn't really listen to any podcasts. I think my sister does, but I wonder if she even knows that i used to steal her like naughty books i i don't know i should ask her
0: i really hope i didn't spill the beans if she didn't because i mean uh- <laughs>
1: He's read most of my books at this point. My parents are so sure lovely enough. and supportive, and so they, I, I try to tell my dad like maybe skip chapter thirteen or fourteen <laughs> if you're going <laughs> to open that book. Um, but yeah, they they're, they're the most supportive, so it's no surprise I'm sure to her if I do tell her that. But I'm I'm curious now if she if she was like well aware that I was doing this as a kid and if she would like. I don't know. Cause my parents were always very supportive of reading and almost any book you read, they were fine with as right. long as you were reading and not watching TV or playing a video game. Fair
0: enough. Um,
1: yeah. So I don't know.
0: And another thing I just kind of thought that was interesting in, in kind of the a similar, the, in the similar or the same spot that I found, um, where you'd mentioned about the Harlequins, um, you, you said something along the lines of, you know, don't give me Prince Charming, give me a badass boy on a motorcycle any day of the week. <laughs> and when I kind of think of that, like the image of, you know, of Sean pops right into my head. And when I read Harley and Joker and the way that you write them, and just the fact that obviously you guys are a husband and wife creative team, are there elements of your relationship that seep into the story, either consciously or subconsciously? Mm-hmm.
1: I, I think I would have to answer absolutely. Um, uh, and I would love to meet the person who is able to write something and not have their personal experience seep into it. Um, cause that would be just uh, like, that's nothing I think I've ever experienced. A lot of what I write comes from at least pieces of me. um, you know, and that doesn't mean that I am my characters by any means, as much as I wish I could like carry around a mallet that was and, and like kick-ass like Harley does. I'm certainly not, but um, yeah, (laughs) that line, give me forget the, I think it was forget the white knight on a horse. Give me a bad boy on a motorcycle. I think that's the line from my bio. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. When I wrote that line, I was like 100% thinking of Sean. Sean is the epitome of that. Um, and, you know, it's, it's also interesting because you know, Harley's not necessarily... Oh, I guess she is in a relationship because we talk about the flashback and, mm-hmm. and kind of how she meets Jack in that origin story. But the current day Harley in the present tense is not in a relationship. Um, but there's definite, like, glimpses into, even if it's not a direct relationship to to me and Sean and how we met or how we talk, there is definitely a, um, like an essence to it, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's still her, it's still what Harley would say, but I think coming from an actor's background, because I used to also be a professional actress, um, I can kind of take it in a very like, I don't know, like method acting type of writing way where, Mm -hmm. I put myself in that character and I say, if I was her, what would my response be mm-hmm. to that dialogue? Or if I was Jack, how would I respond to this, this beautiful woman who's paying me attention right now?
0: Mm-hmm. And I just, and that's, and that's so interesting to hear because, you know, it it is, it is rare that you kind of see that um, anywhere, you know, quite, quite frankly. And I think it's, it's always interesting to kind of, when you're reading something to sort of like you said, that, that method or that metaphysical kind of understanding of, of where these characters are coming from. So that's, that's really interesting to hear. Yeah. Um, one other thing now, because again, you know, we can't really do the book justice in my opinion, um, without mentioning the eye popping artwork of Mateo Scalera. What was, Kind of how did, how did it come to be that you two connected? Was that kind of an introduction through Sean, or did you know each other previously, or how did that work?
1: Yeah, Matteo and I have known each other for a while we We did meet through sean mm-hmm. i I would probably say that almost every person I've been in comics has been through Sean right because you know he's been in this industry way longer than I have for sure, for sure. um. But Matteo, gosh, I'm trying to remember when I first met him because it was a while ago. It was years ago. Um, And he and Sean were friends. I think they met at a show or a convention. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to remember if they met because they had the same art dealer or if they ended up coming to the same art dealer because they were friends. And I don't remember which one was first, but... um, so Mateo has visited. He has stayed at our house. He's stayed at our apartment. You know, we've just been friends with him for such a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we were trying to think of artists and maybe who would come on board with this book, it it was such a natural click when we had the name pop into our head, and the timing worked out beautifully. And as you can tell, I mean, his style is just it just it, it's perfect. Like it is absolutely an ideal fit. Um not only just with how I envision the book going, but uh, he he fits into the Sean Murphy style and the world. And he's talked about in interviews how he really does try to not not be Sean in his art, but like emulate it stylistically so mm-hmm. that it seamlessly blends into this universe. Mm-hmm. Um, But what I love about it is, yes, it has reminiscence of Sean's art, but it also has this like Don Bluth, fantastical fairy tale esque. Which
0: Don Bluth, uh, I love it. I love and it. And
1: it's so like there's something very romantic about his art that I I have just from the first moment he sent the very first page as we were beginning issue one, we were just like. Completely blown away by him,
0: and I, I couldn't agree more. And, and you're so right um, because Sean's art is very interesting in that you don't you know exactly what it is from the moment you look at it. You don't. There's no question about it. Yeah, this is Sean Murphy, and there's a few artists that have that ability. I would say that Matteo is another one of them. Um, Black Science is a book that I was absolutely and utterly obsessed with, and when you read uh harley quinn white knight There, like you said it's not it's it's a it's a perfect mixture of both of their styles i think because you're right he's not trying to be sean but he is definitely paying homage to that style which i just exactly. think is fantastic <laughs> Just exactly. absolutely fantastic.
1: Yeah. And I also do want to mention um, Dave Stewart and his beautiful colors. Yes. And yes. Matt of and his beautiful colors on the covers. Um, oh my God. I don't know who is that my front door, but can you hear the craziness <laughs> of the dogs?
0: You've got quite the alarm so, system.
1: I am so sorry.
0: <laughs> that is okay. That's totally fine. Don't worry at all.
1: Um, I, um, yeah. But, so the, the beautiful colors that just like completely enhance are uh, like, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that as well. And
0: of course, of course. I mean, I think that um, Dave is is someone who just kind of paints our collective universe. Um, I mean, Hollingsworth has been on, I think, every single book Sean has ever done too. And I mean, to yeah. see those two together, it's, it's just, you know, I, I just expect it at this point because they seem to work so, so brilliantly well together. And now that you're thrown into the mix, it's just... It's, it's just, it's because that's another thing too, because sometimes, and I'm, I'm, I'm jumping back here, but sometimes when you kind of see a landing page and it's like story by this person, script by this person, it can be kind of difficult to discern, okay, how much is actually being done by what person. But when I read your work, it is so very clear that it isn't Sean. You know what I mean? It's your own voice. It's your own interpretation. Not only I think in, in Harley, but in, in other characters is as well. Like, like Bruce is a great example. Like the relationship and the interactions between Bruce and Harley have been some of my favorite moments in, in, in the episodes or in the issues so far.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, it actually, I would say that's maybe one of our biggest challenges is how different stylistically Sean and I are as writers. Um, and it's, it's a good challenge. It it has, I think, improved both of our writing skills, um, by having the other person kind of not, it's certainly like, it's not a fight. I'm trying to find the right word, but it's like this kind of like push and pull of, um, synergistically finding that Mm -hmm. mesh of both of us and that balance. Um, and there are some times that he may not completely agree with a line that I desperately want to be in the book. Um, but occasionally he'll just be like, well, you win this round, you know, <laughs> or like, um, and that give and take. And then there are some times that I will like cut something, even though I just so want it there. Like, I remember in issue one, um, the egg roll scene with Duke. Mm-hmm. I so wanted her to hit Duke in the face with the egg roll. And Sean felt very strongly that Duke cannot be hit in the face with a greasy egg roll. <laughs> and like, yeah. it was such a weird. Again, not a fight, but it's such a weird um, argument or discussion of, like, each pleading our case as to why this, like, very stupid detail meant so much to both of us.
0: Yeah, you wouldn't think it would be the sticking point that it is.
1: No! Yeah. And because that was, like... I guess it wasn't scene one. It was like scene two of issue one. Um, we still hadn't quite worked out those kinks of like mm-hmm. how we come to this balance. And uh, so I feel like we were both like planting our flag into the ground of like, I want the egg roll to hit him in the face. I don't want the egg roll to hit him in the And it was like looking back on it is very funny because it doesn't matter. But, uh, and the scene still works um, like Sean won that one. It does not hit Duke in the face for anyone who has it at issue one um and we actually did find a compromise where it blinks off of the door frame
0: <laughs> now, Another thing that I wanted to ask you because one of my favorite things from literally from White Knight inception up into Harley Quinn um now is. The Easter eggs and the imagery that is kind of shown to allude most prominently to, like, the Tim Burton Batman and Batman the Animated Series. Um, Like, again, I I don't want to certainly spoil anything for anyone who hasn't read it, but there's a very, very clear, you know, image of Jack's hand coming out of the acid that is very, very clearly, you know, a nod to the '89 burton batman and i guess my question is how much of that like shapes what you guys do as a creative team like how much because it, it seems that uh, if anything is, is is where white knight uh, draws inspiration from it tends to be the kind of neo-noir um burton batman or batman the animated series from the timverse so how important is it that you have that homage or those easter eggs kind of Prevalent and where do they come from? I guess is what I'm asking.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it absolutely is um, a very large foundation for a lot of where the story began. I think, um, and I had started watching um, Batman: The Animated Series with Sean in college. He was he was the one who was like, "You need to watch this. This is really great." And he, at first, he kind of like cherry picked the episodes that he knew I would love. And most of them involved Harley. And that was the mm-hmm. first time I'd ever even seen Harley. Cause I wasn't a comic book reader when I was 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, sure enough, mad love and all, we, I was, I was hooked immediately. And then we started at season one and then we watched them all through. Yeah. Um, but at that point I hadn't even seen the Michael Keaton movie. Like I was oh, wow. so, but I know, I know. I I think I, Trying to remember when he showed that to me because it wasn't that long ago, embarrassingly, <laughs> I have to admit. Um and you know, so I would say a lot of that is is more influenced by by Sean mm-hmm. and and his um kind of the, like the history of how he came to know these characters and mm-hmm. fell in love with them. Um and then I definitely try to draw inspiration from the animated series for who Harley is and kind of, but our origin story is not that one, you know, like our origin nope. story is still very different. And even that 89, again, like without, I'm not spoiling anything, but even the, um, the 89 homage of the hand coming out of the acid, um, we have our own twist on that. Like mm-hmm. it, it is, it is a nod to that, um, that story in that version but our timeline and and how that scene plays out and why it plays out Mm -hmm. is not yeah exactly it's not at all like it's it's a nice little like tip of the hat like yeah we see you we see you batman 89 yeah but yeah
0: and kind of well Speaking, since we're kind of on the topic of the issue, I think we can all agree all of us who have read it that issue four kind of left off on a pretty freaking huge cliffhanger to say the least. <laughs> so what can we kind of come to expect in these in these final two issues, or what can you let us know if anything about what's to come?
1: Oh that is a hard question um
0: without without revealing too much
1: yeah, without like yes. spoiling anything um
0: I mean, you can spoil small things if you want. I won't be a hold it again. I'm not sure if you'll get in trouble, but
1: I don't know either. That's the thing. I'm so new at this, right? Like I remember the very first podcast interview I did, I think DC was actually on the call and, and it may have even been at my request that they were on the call. Cause I was like, I don't know what to talk. About. Um, and I remember I would like start to talk about something and then he would like pop on and be like, you can't say that. I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> like so, so many times I would put in mouth. Um, well, let's see what, what, what can people expect? Um, I think uh, obviously uh, I, you know that there are two additional issues after five or after four. So like Harley is around despite Mm -hmm. that cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. Um, Like she's, she's still here. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you find, well, a, you will finally see the flashbacks really come together and reveal why she's remembering them why they're so important to her current growth why she's having to revisit the path and past in order to kind of full circle like a phoenix rise from the ash because you know a lot of this is her um struggling with again if i don't know if you haven't read curse at this point like I'm going to spoil something from curse and I'm sorry. Um, but like she is dealing with this loss of Joker or Jack who she had to physically kill in curse of the white Knight, Um, and that is just struggling with postpartum depression, single motherhood. Um, and a lot of this is going to be her kind of, finding where she fits and how she fits into a world where she's no longer Quinn, Quinzel, the doctor. She's no longer Harley Quinn, this like kooky villain sidekick. She's just this new person that she doesn't understand who that is yet. And so in order to get there, she's having to kind of go through all the, the past stuff to get there. So you'll definitely see that resolve and see like why all these flashbacks are so meaningful. Um, and well, oh, okay. This is something we can talk about. Cause I think this has been spoiled already, but like, um, we see a little bit red hood, a little uh-huh. nod to Jason Todd, Red Hood, just a little, just a little, like we touch on it just a touch. Um, So that's a fun little moment that's coming up. Um, And then, I mean, obviously, you know, there's going to be a big, big scene. There's going to be a big, everything's going to come to a head and we're going to have a big uh, fight. Oh,
0: I can't, I honestly can't wait. I, I, my, my only complaint um, about the series is that it it isn't going to keep on ongoing forever Mm -hmm. because it's, it's, it's just been a thrill ride so far. And being that you're very welcome. And, And being that this is wrapping up, I think what a lot of people, myself included, are really curious about is kind of next steps, for you do you see yourself Mm -hmm. expanding any other characters within the Murphy verse? are there or or doing something of of your own like do you have ideas for like let's say poison ivy neo joker Mm -hmm. to be quite honest after how you write harley i would be interested to see your take on batman so what are your kind of ideas as far as that's concerned
1: Yeah. I, I, you know, and I, I think I'm still sort of figuring that out myself. There's a lot of characters. It's almost too many characters. It's like, um, like a system overload because there's so many stories that you could tell and so many that I'd be excited to tell. Um, I would love to explore Ivy. I, I would love to do a little exploration of poison Ivy and uh, Neo Joker. Um, I also I and this doesn't necessarily even need to be in the Murphy verse, but I would love Zatanna. I would like to take Ooh. the reins on some Zatanna and maybe like her in Hellblazer. Oh, um, okay. Um trying to think what else. I you know, I also had a little bit of chats about what what if the world explored harley's kids in the future like what if we take a look at them when they're a little older and what they're doing Mm -hmm. and how they've each grown up kind of in this this world of your dad is one of the most infamous villains in gotham how does that shape you yeah that Um, would definitely be a story worth telling i think so i think that'd be fun um Yeah. So that's kind of where my head is at right now. Um, There are some other like indie projects, but it's also tough when you write prose and you write novels because trying to differentiate of like, is this a story that would be best served as a graphic novel or is this a story that's best served as a book? And that's a tricky um, mindset shift when you write both things now.
0: Well, and that's kind of an an interesting question that I also wanted to ask you. Do you see any of your either like any previous works of yours, for example, that you would be like, you know what, kind of with hindsight, this would actually work really well in a graphic novel form? Or do you see yourself kind of, whereas you've kind of taken the, you know, been in the captain chairs uh, as far as Sean's project is concerned? Could you reverse that and maybe like, yeah, I've got this that I'm writing, and I'd love to see kind of your take on it and if you could kind of spin it into a graphic novel or something like that.
1: Yeah, it's hard for me to imagine a book that's currently out and published being um being adapted as a comic book. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't know why. I don't know why I have that that stigma that it's hard for me to picture. Um mm-hmm. and I certainly I know authors who do that and Mm -hmm. romance authors even there's um a friend of mine named Willow Winters she's currently adapting one of her romance novels into graphic novel um so it's it exists and the audience exists for it but I it's it's really hard for me to picture it um Mm -hmm. The only one I could maybe imagine is Soul Stripper, which is like a paranormal story mm-hmm. about, you know, succubus and vampires and stuff like that to me would lend itself. Well, mm-hmm. um, I, I am more, I, I see more of the side where I develop a story that, is developed with the intent of making it a graphic novel. Um, And that being kind of the direction that I go and choosing like this story would fit into this and this would be more of a novel. Um, Yeah. But it's tricky.
0: Yeah. No, no. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, So, you know, we've kind of gone over a lot of, you know, I've kind of grilled you a, a bit when it comes to some of the questions regarding Harley. So I figured for the kind of, last little portion here. We'll just kind of ease into, uh, you know, a little bit of a little bit of more fun questions, kind of get to know you a little bit more if that's okay. Sure. Um, so I figured I would begin by asking how important to you, uh, to your creative process rather is coffee and what does your perfect cup of coffee say about you?
1: Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, coffee very important to me. I well and I have actually cut back immensely. It was unhealthy how much coffee I used to consume in my life. Um there was a time not that long ago like maybe a year ago that I would make a french press of coffee in the morning. Mm-hmm. Sean would have a cup. I would drink the rest and by lunchtime I would have a second french press that I would drink for the rest of the I it was it was nuts. Like, I don't know. Um, and we also have a Nespresso machine, which was one of my Chris, not Christmas, uh, birthday gifts a couple of years ago. So like on top of the French press coffee, I would also have Nespresso and you know, like, but regardless, I have actually cut back on my caffeine immensely. Well, Just- I saw
0: you were drinking decaf the other day. Is that true?
1: I know it's oh shameful my goodness it is shameful it's <laughs> yeah, it's a health choice, I know you know it's as you get older, sometimes
0: fair caffeine
1: starts to react differently to your body Fair so enough. I've definitely cut back, I've switched to to mostly decaf with the occasional latte or um espresso, and what it says about me. It says I'm getting old, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Um, I also take my, I take my coffee with, um, it's not stevia, but it's like a a plant-based sugar substitute. And I take it with half and half.
0: It has to be half and half. It has
1: to be half and half. The color is wrong if you (laughs) go with like milk or like, I I like oat milk, but it just isn't right in my coffee. Mm -hmm. And like regular milk turns my coffee gray. I don't, is that... That's a thing I swear happens, but my parents <laughs> say I'm crazy, but like it makes me nuts. Um, so I can't do regular milk and oat milk or almond milk is too light. Like it doesn't like I can put half of it. Like the mug is half milk and it doesn't, it's not the right color still. Mm. So it has to be half and half for me. Fair enough. Fair I think enough. it, I think it means that I'm super picky. Hey, you, <laughs> I mean
0: you know what you like and you know what you want that's that's how I'd spin it that's how I'd spin it
1: and I am desperately trying to like substitute tea in the afternoons Mm -hmm. now like I'm trying because I like the ritual of coffee I like having a hot beverage while I write and while I work I'm just not really a tea drinker I'm trying so hard (laughs) it's fine
0: uh i honestly i i can relate because uh like i said i'm i'm in a similar boat myself so i figured that i would uh i definitely needed to ask you about that
1: how do you take your coffee
0: um you'll think it's gross i'm kind of just a one milk one sugar incredibly boring kind of guy
1: i mean i don't think that's gross that's pretty close to how i take mine like yep. splash of half and half
0: yeah
1: splash of the sugar
0: yeah yeah. And same thing. Um, my fiance Megan, uh, her mother got us uh, a new coffee maker that we've been just boy we've we've got our use out of it since. Nice. Christmas, that's for sure. So yeah, nice. that's that's a lot of fun.
1: Does she does she read comics at all? Um, she
0: does not, but I would like to say that I'm slowly converting her. Sure. She, you know, if you, she definitely knows that there's more than one Robin, which is, which is a great starting that's point. That's a
1: start. Yeah. yeah. Yep.
0: So I, I, she actually said that to someone cause we were having a conversation and someone, we were talking about Robin and, and Batman. We were just like, what Robin do you mean? And I was like, Oh baby, that's, that's why I'm marrying that's you. That's it. That's yeah.
1: it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but slowly, but surely, I think. I um, think you know. I've I've been kind of trying to strategically leave a couple issues of white night lying around on, um, Harley Quinn white night lying around on the coffee table. So I'm hoping that maybe are. she'll just naturally start perusing the pages. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> totally.
0: Totally. So, now we kind of just heard them, um, or we've heard them a couple times, I think, but this seems like God. a perfect time to ask about your, uh, your dogs, Gatsby and, and Simcoe. Cause I understand that they weren't feeling too well recently. Someone had like an ear infection or a, <sighs> a stomach thing and you weren't sleeping too well from what i could tell
1: yeah i so i already don't sleep like i it's it, it's pretty ridiculous how little i sleep at night um i'm a very light sleeper i wake up at the the drop of a hat um and so we have we have 3 dogs and one cat that are that's our zoo it's too much we kind of regret that third dog a little <laughs> um as much as we love him but so Simcoe, who is our, for anyone who follows either of us on Instagram, me or Sean, um, Simcoe is our big, like, lab pit. He's he's the biggest dog we got right now. Um, and he had an ear infection that was so bad. And, like, he never showed any signs of it. So we felt horrible. But it was so bad that his ear was basically swollen shut. Oh, So it's been lots of antibiotics, lots of prednisone to try to get that swelling down. And anyone who's either been on prednisone themselves or uh, has an animal that's on it, it it has a lot of side effects. So his stomach was wrecked, (laughs) like waking us up like five times a night to go out. Um, And then the other one, Gatsby, who's our puppy, he tore the canine... Uh, version of his ACL. So it's a cruciate is what it's called in a dog. So he basically tore his, uh, ACL and had to have surgery to fix it. The first surgery didn't work. So oh gosh. he had to have a second surgery and it's the first surgery. I think it's a eight to 12 week recovery We got about halfway through that recovery when we realized it wasn't, it didn't work. So we had to do the second surgery about four and a half weeks in. So now we are coming up on week eight from the second surgery. So we're coming up on around 12 weeks and he's still limping, but it looks like it's getting better. I'm just like really hoping we don't need another surgery because. I can't handle it. I can't <laughs> like well, no, it's just I, keeping him calm and like not letting him run and play. And for a puppy, it's it's just been terrible.
0: Yeah, I can imagine that that would be a pretty you know tough thing to to say the least. And yeah, but I, and you know, I just I, I I know that you are an animal lover, and I see what you post, and I wanted to make sure to ask because. That also comes through, I think, in your writing. One of my favorite lines, and I can't remember the issue, I apologize, but one of my favorite lines is um, where Harley says, and I, I think it's it's like, oh, you're, um, I can't, I'm, I'm going to butcher the line, I apologize, but it's like, oh, you're... Um, you're talking about your kids. And she's like, no, those are my kids are my children or my kids are my children. These my babies are my babies.
1: Yeah. Like exactly. talking about the
0: hyenas. And I just the thought that, that was, that was just so great. Um, and like I said, it's it's clear to see that you obviously care a lot about them. And yeah. your other dog um, is Bebop, correct?
1: Bebop, yes.
0: And the, the, the way that I wanted to end this and the last question that I will will ask you because you kind of put out there, you said, "Can you guess why we named our dog Bebop?" You said it was one part you, one part Sean. Mm-hmm. And so, if it's okay with you, I wanted to take a little bit of a guess.
1: Yes, maybe please. I can
0: figure that out. Let's okay, see. so I'll start with Sean first. And see if I can figure out his inspiration behind it. I was thinking that it's Bebop from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or Cowboy Bebop for his side of it. Are either do of you those? Me to, do you
1: want me to answer?
0: Okay, for his I'll hat,
1: do, or do you want to guess both?
0: I'll guess both. I'll guess both okay. first. So I was guessing that one for for Sean or or you. That was, but I had maybe thought um, Sean, and for you. I was going to maybe ask if you were a fan of jazz music. Oh, and by the way that I yes, just got Yes, I the, am. Okay, okay. So then I would say that the name Bebop is maybe a little Charlie Parker inspired or Dizzy yes. Gillespie, something like that. Am I close? Yes,
1: yep absolutely absolutely for me it was an homage to jazz and Mm -hmm. um bebop is a type of jazz music for anyone who doesn't know um and you hit the nail on the head for sean it was cowboy bebop oh okay okay Mm -hmm. most people do guess bebop rock steady it's usually the the first question we get is do you have another dog named rock steady oh yeah and and then if we say no they're like okay so it's cowboy bebop then right yeah um and we almost named her oh, Ayn okay. instead, of, instead of Bebop, but because Bebop so perfectly encapsulated two of our, two of our loves, two of our passions. Yeah. Um, it seemed like a, a better fit.
0: It's so funny too, because I just happened to come across that after I just recently watched, have you seen the movie Whiplash?
1: Yes. With, um, Oh, what is that actor's name? With uh, the drummer, right? Like um
0: Yes, Miles yeah. something and then JK Simmons is his like band Simmons. leader.
1: Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, that's who I was thinking of the actor. Yeah. yeah. So I was it's literally just... a while since I saw that.
0: But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an older movie and I, I hadn't seen it and I was just watching it and obviously, um, you know, it's for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's about this kind of drum protege and they talk about all the greats. Um And one of the things that they also speak about is, is Charlie Parker and the kind of Mm. infamous story about how he became Charlie Parker because he had a chair thrown at his head because he had the audacity to mess up the time signature. And from that point on, he became the most famous saxophone player of all time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was a good movie. Now I want to go rewatch that.
0: It it is definitely, definitely worth the rewatch for sure. Well, You know what, on that note, I think it's a perfect time to kind of call it and Just once again, Katana, say thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. This was fun.
0: No, it was a great time. So (laughs) just for anyone to, so that we know to make sure and and keep our our eyes peeled, when can we expect the next issue of of Harley Quinn, uh, White Knight Presents Harley Quinn on the shelves?
1: Oh, I don't know the actual date. It's going to probably be end of February. Okay. Okay. I'm going to guess because I can look it up though. Let me see if I can find it Um, because they seem to be about five weeks apart rather than Mm -hmm. four weeks apart, I've Mm -hmm. noticed. Um, Let's see. Issue five. I might not even be able to find this. I don't know why I'm bothering.
0: That's okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean we'll definitely be able to kind of just, you know, we'll be keeping our eyes peeled for that. It's um, probably
1: gonna be in end of February. End of
0: February, early March. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that is definitely going to be something that we're all gonna be looking forward to. You can make sure to follow Katana as well on Instagram at Katana Collins, katanacollins.com, um, where you can check out her, you know work that isn't harley quinn related and oh you know what actually before we do let you go i apologize the last question what do i need to make sure to do properly to ensure that i have a perfect no-bake oreo cake from the recipe on your website
1: Ah. Well, wow. okay. The no-bake Oreo cake is so easy to make. It is a crowd pleaser. Uh you actually don't have to make anything if you don't like
0: it's That's just, why I thought it would be perfect for me.
1: Buy the ingredients. So you buy a package of Oreos, have whatever milk that you want, whatever milk you like, whether that's regular milk or if you like almond or oat or whatever. Um, and you're gonna have a baking sheet or like a like a casserole dish. Mm-hmm. And you're going to take each Oreo, dunk it, like just very quickly dunk it in the milk and lay them flat. Okay. So it like one layer of Oreos, then you're going to take your Cool Whip, or if you are fancy AF, you can whip your own whipped cream. Ooh, okay. Um, but you know, Cool Whip works fine. Uh, and you're going to spread a layer of that over top. Then the next layer will be the dunked Oreos again another layer of Cool Whip. And you can make as many of those layers as you want. And you're going to let it sit overnight in the fridge before you eat it. And it basically, like, the milk combined with the whipped cream will all, like, mush together in this, like, Oreo cake. Oh, Freaking amazing. <laughs> that
0: sounds amazing. That's sound- My
1: niece taught me how to make that. <laughs> My, like, child niece was, like this is the best cake ever. And she is right. It is better than like any cake I've ever baked.
0: Well, I've got the ingredients and I am definitely going to be attempting that at some point this week. So I'll make sure to post a picture and tag you when I do.
1: Yes. And you can, even if you again, want to get hella fancy, you can like crumble Oreos on top. And then like like drizzle, drizzle with a little bit of like Hershey syrup or something.
0: I like it. I like it. (laughs) All right. Well, Katana Collins, it has been a privilege. Thank you so much. And we wish you nothing but the absolute best.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.